Hey, what's going on, Clipper people? It is me, William the Opinion Updike. And I am Positive Chuck Mockler. And we're your friendly neighborhood Clippers podcast. Just a couple of best friends and Clipper credential media folks are bringing you locked on Clippers every other week? Close. Five days a week, Monday through Friday, uh, 7 a.m. Make us your first listen. Kill some windshield time, as our good friend Aiden Lou says. And let's figure out how we're going to beat the Mavs for the second time. Absolutely. We're going to kick things off talking about what we need to do well against the Mavericks as well as what could go wrong. Maybe give you a key matchup to take a look at. And then it's my favorite day of the week. It's Twitter Tuesday. Every single Monday, we ask for your questions on Twitter. That's at Locked On Clips. Got some great stuff, so I can't wait to get into that. And then in shavings, we'll probably talk about this a little bit in the uh, Mavs preview, but Marcus Morris has been upgraded to probable. Was not really expecting that, but we'll talk sort of about the the implications of him returning. Oh, yeah. And then also there's an interesting stat about losses, essentially. Yeah, or, we would or, be like the number one seed. lost uh, due to uh, injured players, so we're going to talk about that. And then uh, I guess... Ralph Lawler got into a little bit of hot water on, on Twitter. Yeah. Chuck's going to have to break it down for me. <laughs> so all that and more coming up right about now. You are Locked On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, yeah, so the Clippers take on the Mavs for the second time in, you know, three days. This one's not at 1230, which is good. We got to let you know this episode is brought to you by Truebill. The new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions you don't want or need and can even negotiate better deals on the ones you want to keep. Let's get to this injury report. Luca is questionable. There was the weirdest kind of Twitter situation for it. They posted a video of him playing five on five. And then I was kind of like, oh, okay, is Luca's playing five on five? He's might play. The follow-up tweet says, Luca slammed the bleachers and shouted in pain while having ice bandage on his left knee. So, seems very questionable. Does not seem like Luca should probably play in this game. Yeah, I mean, that's a bummer, especially if, you know, his timeline is going to be extended to return. Like, yeah. Dude, injuries are kind of ravaging. Too much <laughs> the basketball. entire league this year. Uh, Kleba's probable. Frankie Smokes is out. Marcus Morris listed as probable. Um, we're going to talk a little bit more about that in depth, but Real quick, do we think he's 100% ready, or is this as maybe due to Batum being out? I hope that it's not the latter. Sure. Um, as for 100% ready, I mean, he's been out now for, what, 15 games? Yeah, let's call it that. Um, if it is just a soreness, I mean, like, I would hope that 15 games, you know, you're creeping up on a quarter of a season. I would hope that that is long enough to rehab that, but um, I, I agree with you. I, I do hope that it's not like a rush back or a reaction to you know, Batum entering health and safety yeah. protocols. Who Which is I that? can't imagine that it is. I would be very surprised if that was the situation. We'll see. Um, what we need to do well on this one, we cannot have another, you know, insanely long three scoring droughts versus the maps. Yes, yeah. So break this down because <laughs> Dude. Th there was nearly an entire quarter of basketball in which the Clippers were scoreless spread out throughout the, the, the game. It's insane. Justin Russo put these together. Quarter one, the Clippers went three minutes and 30 seconds without scoring. Quarter three, the Clippers went three minutes and 30 seconds without scoring. And in the fourth quarter, in four minutes of play, they scored three points. In 11 minutes of play, they scored three points. You don't win. You'll, you'll, we'll never win another game <laughs> if we score a cumulative three points in 11 minutes. There's no way the Mavs shoot as poorly as they did, which we'll touch on that. So... Let's just not go two plus minutes without scoring. And what comes from this is moving the ball a little bit better. Yeah. Last game, the Clippers had five fewer assists than the average per game. 
Part of this is due to being way lower than our average field goal attempts per game, like by 15 or something like that. But we assisted on 50% of our made buckets last game, which if you extrapolated that for an entire season is very much dead last. The Clippers average 58% of their made field goals being assisted. So I just want to see it closer to that number. The offense is obviously, you know, better when we get a lot more assists and we see those assist numbers go up. So I hope someone can kind of help PG in that department because I do think he'll end up leading an assist again. Yes, and probably, probably turnovers. And but <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that for sure. What else do we need to do? Well? Uh, so we'll talk about Chris Dabbs throughout this thing, but we also got to try to keep their guards in check. Yep. Jalen Brunson kind of walked into 20 points in our last outing, despite not really hitting threes. Terrence Mann kind of had this assignment for the majority of the time. He held him to 0 of 1 through 15 Ooh, possessions. That which, was a big 0 of 1, which was that call well, that I think Well, that's the thing, right? Like when the number of attempts is that low through 15 possessions, especially for your starting guard, um, that means that you're shutting stuff down. So that mm -hmm. th that's great. Uh, he Jalen Brunson didn't even attempt a shot on Eric Bledsoe through 14 possessions. So... These are good. Um, the biggest thing, I think, is going to be avoiding the fouls. A quarter of Jalen Brunson's points were scored at the line. Brunson has been in a little bit of a weird shooting slump from three this season. He's usually like mid to high 30s. He was 40% a little over last season. Okay. With that being the trend, do, do we maybe that's the shot that you live with as long as he's not like cutting Ooh. in the basket? Like maybe, you know, you close out on you him, just but let it's him like do that's, his thing out there. Yeah. That's fair. I think. If he makes the first one, no. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like, yeah, you just it. can't stop everything. You <laughs> yeah, know? And, exactly. And maybe that's like a shot that... You live with. I, I, yeah, I hate to say you live with because giving up threes is never good in the modern NBA, but... Yeah. Uh, These days? We'll see. Yeah. Also got to keep uh, Hardaway Jr. in check. Look, man, he was not looking like the guy that gave us some real mm -hmm. work in the playoffs yeah. last season, uh, but I, I don't know if we can keep him contained again. We did a really good job putting the lid on him last game. Oddly enough, Reggie spent the majority <laughs> Reggie's garden of the Chris time Daps. on him. Reggie's garden, <laughs> and he did honestly pretty well in the in the time. It was about thirty possessions, so oh, sure. pretty large yeah. sample size. Uh, and Hardaway Jr. was zero of two, so something that. to monitor. Um, yeah, de definitely interested to see that. I'd also love to see like us continue the trend of out rebounding please, other teams. Please, we won boards. I believe it was forty-two to thirty-nine in our last matchup with the Mavs. I thought Zoo had a phenomenal game last uh, oh, last yeah. time out, so I'm hoping to see that. I'd really like to see him establishing himself on the defensive glass a little earlier in this one. Sure. We did a much better job of keeping Chris Stapps off the offensive glass in the second half of this game. Yeah, not so But much. he grabbed half his total boards, and they were all on the defensive on on the offensive end mm -hmm. uh, in the first quarter. Yeah, that's not good. Um, what could go wrong? We alluded this to this a little bit earlier, but I mean, they'll probably shoot better than twenty percent from three. That was yes. their worst outing from three all so, season last time. This is like the kind of win that you look at, and it's like a little bit haunting because you're looking. <laughs> well, like you're looking at. So a we team, have encouraging losses and haunting wins. I love it. Well, like you're looking at a team that you know you're going to see at some point in the playoffs. Period. Yeah, it, it's this just is our that life now. <laughs> they're down their best player. You look at the numbers on this one and everything breaks like pretty even you know rebounds were pretty close second chance yeah. points very close points in the paint might have been dead even fast break points i think we won by a single point sure 
The difference is the three point shooting, which I think we had a what, shooting twenty percent, although forty percent versus <laughs> okay. them shooting twenty percent. Uh, and you know, luckily we were still able to manufacture some good looks, even with you know mm-hmm. the even with the lower assists. Um, so another thing to consider is just. We had a difficult time guarding Kristaps last time out, and he wasn't even hitting threes. Yeah. So if he comes out the gate and hits one or two, that's like just a whole nother level of stuff that you kind of have to worry about. Uh, the Clippers were so good. Eric Bledsoe was the only shooter, I believe, to attempt a three and shoot worse than forty percent in the entire game. We could probably say that. Every, we could say that most games. I think. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I mean, this last game was so tight, and our margins are so thin. Um, we just got to keep guarding the perimeter well, mm-hmm. um, and hopefully we can avoid letting them walk into the shots that they're comfortable with, yes. especially Chris Stapps. Like this cannot turn into a bucket for bucket kind of a game. I just, like I said, our margins are so slim. I don't like those kinds of gambles. Well, what's crazy is like that one, the first three minute stretch we had where we didn't score, the Mavs went on a 10 0 run, which means they weren't making anything 10 points in three minutes. On a ten like that, you know what I mean? If you think about how basketball works, your run should probably be bigger than ten points if the other team hasn't scored for three minutes. I guess that's fair. You know what I, I'm saying? That's like a lot of possession. In three minutes? Like, yeah, yeah, it's close, but I just if they're hitting their shots, that's a 16-0 run. Yeah. Right? For sure. Like, um for sure. yeah, I just hope the defense is a little more have a little more grit to it. So they shot 58% on the paint and the restricted area combined on around 36 shots split okay. up between those two zones. We kind of struggled finishing in the paint last game. Uh, we finished at a league average rate in the, in the restricted area and below league average in the paint overall. And I think that that was kind of one of those issues sort of gumming up, being able to spray the ball out. Like not having a totally. whole lot of success on drives. Um, you know, things tend to get a little bit more aimless. For sure. Um, yeah, so the Mavs are a great offense. You're not going to be able to cover enough ground to stop them all the time. Yeah, even sans Luca, for sure. But you got to cut down on the looks that they like to hit. Yeah. Uh, 72% of Chris Dabbs' points came in the paint. Got to just kind of force the ball out of his hands, I guess. Interesting note, though. <laughs> I'm going to contradict myself a bit here. Do it. I really liked defensively when we would kind of force Chris Apps into a post up. He doesn't know how to post up. Even with a smaller defender. Reggie, yes. Um, he was generally passing the ball out. He's like, what the hell's going on? And I'm pretty happy with that outcome. Yeah. So, you know, it's like if the opportunity is there, um, yeah, let's whoever's defending him, <laughs> like, yeah, get Welcome him on the, the block, sure. make it get the ball out of his hands. Yeah. Um, I love it. It's a so good call. What, uh, what's a key matchup we should be looking out for in this one? We know that offensively, PG is going to bring his A game. Um, PG versus Chris Stapps defensively is going to be interesting. Um, the albeit wonky stats from NBA's uh, matchup data, PG guarded Chris Stapps for three minutes and 40 seconds at just over 17 partial possessions. Chris Stapps went four of six. Damn. I hope that's tightened up a bit. Also really hope PG takes care of the ball, but what's your prediction? Haunting win or encouraging win in this one? I don't. I think it might be another haunting win. I think this hey. is going to be another close one. Haunting if, wins, if, a haunting if we can win. Eke it out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, coming up, we're going to be answering your fantastic questions on Twitter Tuesday. But first, we got to give a shout out to Shopify. Uh, it gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big business, so upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales, and effortlessly stay informed. Some of us might have to use Shopify for our day job, and it's pretty fantastic. Reach customers online and across social networks with an ever-growing suite 
of channel integration and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, if you've heard of it, Pinterest, and more. More than a store, Shopify grows with you. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Go to shopify.com slash LockedOnNBA, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash LockedOnNBA right now. Shopify.com slash LockedOnNBA, all lowercase. All right, so we're back with Twitter Tuesday, which I want to thank everybody who sent in those questions ahead of time. Oh, yeah. Once again, if you'd like a chance to get your question featured on the show, go ahead, shoot that over on a Monday to at Locked on Clips. Yep. We're happy to answer questions or chop it up during any time in the week. For but sure. We collect questions for the show on a very specific day. Yeah, if you want to be able to tell your sniffing and other friends that you had your uh, question answered on Locked on Clippers, they'll say, what? <laughs> um, <laughs> Michaels Burner says, do you see us sticking with this roster as constructed for the rest of the season? I'm not seeing a trade right really? now. Really? Unless... Bucking his- history. Unless... I don't know. Like, who do you move? Oof. I mean, it's hard because our the way the salaries work is like, so say Hartenstein's really, really good and someone really wants him. He doesn't make enough money Yeah, for a, a big trade. You got to throw in a Bledsoe or a Kennard or a Morris, or a Morris which look, out of those three, Morris seems like, I mean, we saw this team look like with Batum. Like he seems kind of, I don't want to say expendable because that seems very rude and I don't mean it like that. But of those three, he seems maybe the most tradable because we've seen dude, Luke Kennard needs to stay on this team. Luke Kennard cannot be traded from this team. Yeah, he's a pretty he's a pretty big part of like the non PG minutes being able to function at all, and just how the offense works. Like we're made to give guys threes. Why not keep one of the best shooters in the league? And Mike, Bledsoe, he's been starting the whole time. He's been healthy. We need him for his health. So unless it's for like a point guard who's health who's as healthy and better. Than Eric Bledsoe, I'm not. I don't really see it happening. So I think I'm. I think I'm on your side. Yeah. Um, Bledsoe is an interesting one. I, I don't know. I I don't know if there's. He's done enough to gain like a lot of interest. And then looking at Morris, I mean, I, I understand. I, I'm guessing that that is the player that was kind of in mind when asking this question. I don't know for sure. Uh, but it's still kind of like you got to go Morris plus an asset. And what player are you getting back for like, say, 16 to 18 million dollars? Yeah. Is like a marked improvement over Marcus Morris. Like I'm I can't think of one off the top of my head, um, but it, I'd have to look at it. And to even if he and moved, he's been hurt, like and who even wants he, Mark? I don't mean this again. I don't mean this in a mean way. Like if you're another team, if you're a contender, I think for sure. But it just didn't hurt. What contender are we trying to do business with? That's gonna <laughs> right. like make a move that would yeah. make us better. Sure. Um, because I think that that's also something to consider. And then even Bledsoe, if you move him, I mean, he's still only in like the he's still sub twenty a year. Yeah. It's, so it's like okay, it all kind of feels so you, lateral. So you're gonna lose an asset and lose Bledsoe and get something better. I mean, I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just not seeing it right now. Yes. Also, doesn't it seem a little bit rushed to make a trade? The vibes are year, so good. In a year where we don't have Kawhi? Yeah, and the vibes are so good. The, the vibes are good. Look, man, this this team <laughs> is a Joe Ingles hip check away from yeah. possibly winning a title. Like, I, I don't know that it's time to press the, like, Press the emergency shoot button yet. Agreed. Um, what's this next one we got? Next one. 
is Clipcheck wants to know once Mook and and Nico are both healthy and ready for full minutes, who should get the start and who should come off the bench? Courtside Clippers had a similar question. They added last season, Batum kept starting even when Mook came back, but eventually they put Mook back with the starters because they wanted to get him going. Is it just history repeating itself? Like, so I think here's my thing. It's all a. It all changes in the playoffs. It all changes in the playoffs, and I think that that's maybe where it makes sense to make the shift. Sure. Just so you never have minutes. You essentially never have minutes where Paul George is not on the floor and Nico is also not, right? Yeah, I think Nico. I mean, Nico's more important to this team than Marcus Morris is. Not saying that Marcus Morris is not important to this team, but I think I think Nico's, you're underrating Marcus Morris's defense. Fair. But Nico's been our second best defender other so, than Paul George. And like does more on offense in terms of helping out some I, wonky. I think lineups. Marcus Morris can call a shot better though. Sure, but like wonky lineup wise, Batum is the settler for those lineups sometimes. So which is why I think but also that doesn't matter for starting, because it's like I think for starting, it almost feels interchangeable for starting. They do different things. It feels interchangeable, but I'm kind of with you like for the regular season, assuming that we don't have Kawhi, right? I kind of like keeping Batum in the starting lineup and then having another scorer who can get their own shot in that on that second unit who yeah. can also play defense. Um, that to me is kind of interesting because right. Marcus Morris, another guy who when Paul George is on the bench, you would trust to create some offense. Yeah, I'll agree with that for sure. Yeah, yeah. Batum is more of a stabilizer and does things well. But Not that Batum can't get his own shot, but course. it's like they're different players. And Marcus Morris, yeah, agreed. Um, Drunken Trent asks, feels like we need to increase our free throw attempts to raise the floor of our three-point dependent offense. Should we increase pace, feed the bigs more, or something else entirely to put extra pressure on defenses and draw fouls? I'm going to go ahead and take this one. Um, the team's offense is not designed to generate free throw attempts and wasn't at all last season. Yeah. Last season, we were 28th in the league in uh, free throw attempts. We're at the exact same mark this season. Um, we have increased the pace already. We were 28th last year and we're currently 8th. Wow. So, Impressive. So we've really increased that. Feeding big seems fine when everyone is hurt, but like, there. How do we generate more free throws if they're not? We get paint touches. That's how we get these open threes. Yeah. Do we want guys like taking those shots? That when we have guys like, you know, but when it, when everyone's healthy, this year when we have guys like Kennard, Batum, Morris, Reggie, PG, Man to an extent, not as much as those other guys. We got six snipers on on this team. So it's like, I mean. If, I don't know how we do it. The offense just isn't, it's literally not designed to, to, to like try and generate free throws. So, I, which is frustrating. I'm not pretending like I hate that the Clippers don't take advantage of the bonus. I've hated it since Doc was the coach. It just never happens. That's just not how the offense is built. I agree. Um, so, my thing with increasing free throw attempts is I think we should be increasing the things that you do, the tendencies that would normally generate a free throw attempt, such as. You yeah, know, paint penetration, sure. uh, aggressively attacking the basket, especially when the, the ball is in the hands of Eric Bledsoe or Paul George. Yeah. But the thing is, is I don't stress that much about us being 28th in, in free throw attempts. And I think if you're a team that has gotten so many looks at the line throughout the regular season, that plays into your favor in the playoffs because like things sure. can get so wonky with the whistle as as 
you know, well, especially how this year. far they'll let things go or, yeah. you know, how they'll be calling things. It, it can really kind of flip-flop. So when that's not a significant part of your offense, it's one less thing to worry about. Yeah, because you get to the players like, oh, shit, what happens if we don't generate free throws? Well, but, the threes are still there. <laughs> yes, but I do agree that we should be committing to the tendencies that would get you looks at the Oh, when we're in the bonus, I want nothing more than just putting our heads down and going directly. In the yes, but we'll for, sure. for um, sure. MX underscore Clippers asked, was Batum vaxxed and why is he out 10 days? He's out 10 days because that's health and safety protocol. And I'm pretty sure Ty Lue said before the season that everyone was vaxxed up. Well, so it was interesting because I believe also, on, yes, he's back. I believe I on like. media day we weren't at a hundred percent vaccination status, and then Ballmer later made a weird thing about it. We were, I believe we were. I just can't imagine that Batum is not in terms of travel. He's an international player. I know, in like internationally too. I don't know how he that has would a work. Child, yeah, he's fairly new. Like, and if you follow Lily Batum on Twitter, <laughs> she's probably vaccinated. Yeah. <laughs> um, Danny EMT got a couple, got a couple, I got a minute or so left for these questions, says, is fatigue the main factor for this weird stretch? Yeah, we had a five and seven. I think, I think so. Sense, I, right? I, I think it's also hard because I, I think that they, you can get a little comfortable or complacent when you have these long home stands. Yeah. It's also early in the season and we're trying to work stuff out, but I do think that fatigue has been a factor and I hope, that, I, I hope that we can have a strong showing on this next homestand before we have to hit the road yeah, again. Key guys are hurt. Um, Everett, the security officer, which is an elite Twitter handle, Everett. Um, I've seen some talk that PG should always defend the other team's best player when on the floor. Do you agree with that? To me, that seems like PG could get burned out while doing that while being our main offense and playing as many minutes. I think Everett nailed it. Yeah. In the, <laughs> in the, Kawhi in, didn't do this. In the, regular the majority of the regular season? In the like, regular season, like, unless it's, like, clutch minutes or something at the end, I, I got to be honest, I don't see the benefit. Um, Paul George is still an elite two-way player, but the, you know, his usage this year is one of the highest in the league's yes. offensively. And will continue to be. And will continue to be because this team really has difficulty scoring when he's not on the floor. Um, yeah. You can't do everything, man. You just can't. No, not anymore. Um, over under with Stu Quinn. Shout out Stu Quinn. He said, how are we feeling about that 44 and a half over under on the Clippers win total? He said the projected um, win total extrapolated over 82 games. We're currently at a 48 win pace. So I would put us, I would kind of, I'm thinking like 46 to high end, like best, best case scenario, probably 50 wins. Yeah. So I'm feeling great about that over under. I, I still think that we'll have more. I still think we'll have 45 or more wins. I, I think to me, 46 is seeming pretty realistic. Absolutely. Shout out Stu Quinn. We might have to have, I feel like Stu is almost like a weird co host sometimes because we talk about the over under bets. So yeah. Keep on betting, Stu. Keep on betting, we love Stu. It. We love it. Uh, coming up, we're going to be talking Marcus Morris's return a little more in depth. Uh, some uh, man games lost stat, and then everyone's mad at an 82 year old on Twitter, which I don't understand. But first, Will, talk to me about Truebill. All right, so look, do you know that free trials can renew without your consent? It's insane. It's a business scam, and it's out to get you. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions that you don't want, need, or simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill. That's pretty tight. Not bad. Because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. 
and your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's all caps, one word. Go right now, Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. It could save you thousands a year. That's Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Now that we've saved some money, how can I spend it on some sustenance? On some sustenance, you need to check out Built Bar. Built Bar has delicious flavors. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. You got salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate, double chocolate, mint brownie, cherry barcia, coconut, and Shelly's potential favorite, raspberry. Uh, my favorite flavor is going to be strawberry. A little different. You know, strawberry and chocolate always taste good. Uh, each bar has 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams sugar, only 4 to 5 grams net carbs, and don't forget, they are fantastic tasting. Order today, get the grasshopper cookie or raspberry, whatever you want. Built Bar is also the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team, so you might get some speed under your belt. Neat. Very neat. Uh, only thing that I think is neat is the drink and, you know, that fact about Built Bar. It's a good time. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 15% off at Built.com. Okay, so we're back with shavings. Look, we alluded to this in our game preview, but we're talking about Marcus Morris. He's been upgraded to probable. How are we feeling about this? I think my level of distrust with how this team manages injuries is potentially at its all-time highest. After some of Serge's comments, after literally watching what happened with Serge, after watching what happened with Mook in the beginning of this season. And let's can we can we circle back to the Kawhi thing? It's insane to me that they <laughs> flew him, they flew the him team? to Yuha. To you, to we Utah. might as well call it Yuha. Yuha ha ha, your state sucks. They flew him to Utah <laughs> after that injury. I think that anyone who was watching that broadcast, and maybe I'm just a pessimist, but anyone who was watching that broadcast could understand the severity of what that injury was. They flew him to Salt Lake City. The swelling it went swelled up, on the up and they flew him back. Like right. that to me is so questionable. Like that's such a questionable practice that I don't know how I can trust anything. Right. So that's kind of where I'm at. Um, I kind of hope he doesn't debut versus Dallas. I hope it's maybe the the Friday after Thanksgiving game because no one's going to be playing hard yeah. in the 12:30 Friday after Thanksgiving game. Yeah. Or I hope not. You're it's a, a pickup. Yeah. You're a dork if you do. Uh, um, I just I don't know, man. I I feel this isn't anything on Mook either. This is not a knock on Marcus Morris at all. This is kind of just some distrust on the medical staff. Um. I'm just, and like the biggest thing that comes back for Marcus Morris, I'm not worried about the offense. I'm worried about what his defense looks like. This defense is literally elite right now. Like we're a very, very good defense. And I think the ramp up might put some hiccups in that. And I just hope it's not too intensive hiccups. Flip side though. (laughs) Sure. If it is just soreness, not something that requires a surgery or, or some sort of deeper thing. Is 15 games not enough time to figure that out? So 15 I, games is a lot of games, but man. But we've all been scarred by Luke and Bob Mute. Yeah. We, look, it could be 15. It could be 150. Like, we don't know how knee soreness works, but I just hope he's ready to go when he comes back. And I think it's a fair concern for fans to have. Yeah. Like, it's just kind of tough. Um, shout out Marcus Morris. Speaking of injured players. There's an interesting stat from at Man Games Lost on Twitter. I saw this from Miriam Swanson, a fantastic Clippers reporter. Read all of uh, her work over at the OC Register. 
Um, top five wins loss due to injured players. This is a lost wins loss metric. Lost win shares due to injured players. This is based on their Twitter. Philadelphia is number one with 3.94 wins lost. Makes sense. Yeah. Sure. Milwaukee, 3.75, number two. New Orleans Pelicans, 3.09. One going to help them anyway. Brooklyn, 3.0. Checks out. Honestly, feels a little low because I'm not sure if they're counting Kyrie as being in. I was going to say, so like, does Philadelphia's include Ben Simmons or yeah. just all the guys that they've lost due to, they've lost so many guys in, yeah. to health and safety protocols? You know what I'll say? Clippers, number five at 2.99 wins. So if we would have gotten those 2.99 wins, we'd be 13 and four. That would be as wild. Of this recording. I mean, as of recording right now, we're sitting at fourth. Which I said we'd be a top four team. Um... Do we think this is accurate in any way? I mean, if Kawhi's here, I'm going to be honest. I think we're undefeated. <laughs> is this counting Kawhi? I if this this unclear. is counting Kawhi, definite, definitely accurate. Um, if it's counting Kawhi, it's accurate. If not, a little disrespectful. Yeah. I don't think we lose the Pels game if Kawhi's here. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> I don't think we lose like against. I mean, we had times last season, and it could be incredibly frustrating, but. There would be times last season where fully healthy, this team could play one quarter of good basketball and yeah. win most games. And now we're playing, <laughs> other than the first quarter, pretty good basketball and winning most games, which is good. Um, just interesting. Something to keep an eye on as, as the rest of the season goes. Yeah. Um, yeah, just hoping for good injury luck the rest of the year. Um, all right, we got to close out with something. Um, Ralph Lawler, 82-year-old man, has a Twitter. Hero. Legend. Clippers legend, who is being erased kind of from the franchise in every facet, which I think is offensive and rubs me the wrong way. Um, Clippers Twitter was mad at Ralph because there is a clip of Kawhi being super hyped on that insane Reggie layup, which was sweet to see. Yeah. Uh, Ralph quoted it and said he wished Kawhi was in Clippers gear while he was celebrating the thing. Which, sure, I guess, you know, why... Was he wearing a Clippers hat? No, I guess not. He wasn't. It, like Ralph, it's like, sure, if you care about this, it's a little weird. Like, who cares? But also, guys. Let me pull up. The, I have the picture, I think, on my phone. This, this isn't. I got to be reminded. 82 year old man on Twitter. What are we expecting? Yeah. Are we expecting him to fire off some memes or like. And I, this isn't disrespectful to, to people who are 80 years old, but most people who are 80 years old don't have Twitter. Look, I don't even think that this was necessarily a criticism in the way that I'm reading it, but I could be wrong. I think we've was, all gotten texts from an older relative where you're like, are they mad at me right now? It's I just think how it's, they communicate. I think it's more of a thing of like, hey, it would be nice if he was wearing some Clippers gear too, but. Bit of a joke, maybe a bit of an elbow nudge if you were in person when he said it. Yeah. But I mean, Kawhi's on the bench. He's up and celebrating with the team. Like, yeah. I, you know, both sides are wrong. How about that? Yeah, everyone's wrong. It's just, it just let the guy be like, there's, there's so many worse things that an 82 year old man who's affiliated with your team on Twitter could say. And, you know, under the hoodie could have been a Clippers shirt, to <laughs> yeah. be fair. Yeah. He had a full, he had a full back tat of the Clippers logo. Um, that being said, Ralph has had some very interesting takes about the Clippers on Twitter, which sometimes aren't all the way good. But this one in particular, it's like, let's let the man live. It's also like, I don't know. Is this where we're at? <laughs> We're like we're gonna criti- we're like we're gonna criticize an 82 year old about his Clippers takes on the internet. <laughs> I don't know. Get him. Um, all right, we gotta get out of here. Yeah. Uh, Wednesday's episode recap of that hopeful victory over the Mavs. 
Um, a What You Say Wednesday poll over on Locked On Clips. Of course, whatever else happens between now and then in Clipperland, here's to another haunting win uh, versus the Mavericks. Will, if someone is trying to, you know, maybe pivot away from an uncomfortable conversation that they're having at a holiday dinner, where could they tell their friend to listen to us? Uh, you can check us out on iTunes or the podcast app. We're also on Google Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're on Deezer. We're on Amazon Music. Uh, if you haven't already, please leave us a rating and review. If you like the show, five stars really helps this out. Absolutely. We mentioned up top, but we do come at you Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Pacific. We'd love to have your listen. We absolutely would. I have been Positive Chuck Mockler. And I am William the Opinion Updike. And as always, we appreciate you.